Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We are a little behind. We had a couple, you know, things that we had to figure out, but we're both here. Um, Angie is my guest today. I will have her introduce herself because it'll be way better than what I can ever do. We have worked together in the past. She is amazing. She decided to join me today and talk about nurturing your inner child. She'll share some personal experiences that she's um, encountered and how she kind of utilized those experiences to create her business and the future that she now has. Um, I am Nicole, owner of Make Up Your Power, bringing you my new podcast, Awakening Truths with Make Up Your Power, live and in studio is always the goal. We'll do the best that we can um, as we go. Um, today, we'll be diving deep into the nurturing your inner child. And I also wanted to share um, nurturing your inner child, what that looks like, um, how when you're not nurturing, you're, you're neglecting yourself. Um, and I don't want to get too deep into it because I want her to be able to introduce herself. So I'll let her start and then we will go from there. So hi, I'm Angela Mummy. Um, I, my husband and I have a photo and video weddings business. And um, I think photographing love was important to me because I, I grew up being neglected in a lot of those ways. So I had a decade of childhood sexual assaults and my family was hypercritical and there was a lot of like religious um, rigidity, which was toxic and not supportive at all. So when I, um, you know, broke down, hit bottom, whatever you want to call it, in my late 20s, I had to find myself. I had to start all over. I had to do a lot of inner child work. So um, now that I've done that, um, I'm in my 40s now. I can share with you guys some of the things that I've learned. Um, I'm on my way back to finding my authentic self, finding my inner child and being who I'm meant to be. And that's the exciting part about it. It doesn't matter what your age is when we're talking about nurturing that inner child. That inner child is pretty much the fun part of you, right? Like the part of you that wants to go on roller coasters or wants to friggin' flip a cup. I don't know. Kids do that. But um, or draw color, take pictures, um, play sports, stuff that kind of gets you excited and happy, really. I know that for me personally, I have been like on a journey to ensure that I am nurturing my inner child because I have been neglectful to her for a long time. And how that kind of showed up for me was, you know, um, not in working with intention, meaning like my creative juices weren't flowing or if opportunities were coming my way, I kind of was, you know, standing back from it out of fear of honestly, like even earlier today, I had a moment of where I realized that, you know, I tend to get like butthurt easily thinking that, you know, what I have to share doesn't matter or my voice isn't heard or coming off like a joke to somebody and not taking, you know, for the real me that I am. And then I had the next thought moment because of the work that I've been doing of what the fuck does it matter? You know what I mean? Like what kind of programming am I thinking about here? Is it how I truly feel about myself or could it have been from previous things? And that's what ties into the inner child um, is where did maybe those thought patterns originate from for me that kind of led me into that belief earlier today. Um, because like silly example, YouTube, you have to have a set amount of people in order to be able to go live kind of a thing. Um, and with that, you know, I'm trying to get the people there because I want to go live on a lot of platforms for everybody to create a, a space of non-judgment of differing opinions of a like-minded community, because we're in a world right now where what the norm was is completely not what it said it was. And people are kind of straggling, trying to find the right path. I can relate um, with religious backgrounds growing up Catholic. Um, you know, there's no judgment towards people who are religious by any means, but maybe just take a second and reflect like on how all that power that in, that you gave outside of yourself, maybe turn it inward, you know, maybe find that God within you, maybe find who you like adore, envy or look up to and kind of turn that towards yourself is kind of the platform that we want to create here. Yeah, I, I think the the main thing that resonates with me is how you were saying intention. 
um, I found that three things really help heal an inner child or hold an inner child if you've been healing. I love that better. It gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. So inner children need three things. They need no negativity ever, which is why you hear Mr. Rogers draw a picture and be like, I'm not very good at it, but it's okay. You know, keep it going. Negativity. I like that. They need proper scaffolding and scaffolding is different than discipline or structure, right? Discipline or structure. Sometimes we have a negative connotation, but most of us grew up with a parenting style of either permissive or rigid or somewhere in between, right? Mm -hmm. Scaffolding is like, that's the art of this isn't the building. It's the thing that allows you to build the building, right? It's the okay. ladder outside of the walls. It's not the thing itself. So scaffolding is a really cool idea. I like that concept. And then the third thing that we need is attention. All children need attention. Our inner children need attention, too. Mm -hmm. And we need to learn to put our attention on our intentions and miracles. Goosebumps again. That was <laughs> attention. and in I love that. No, seriously, I love that because... This year is a very big year about intention setting and being in alignment with your authentic truth and authentic self. And when you brought up the scaffolding part, it what popped into my mind was because she says the ladder's outside of the building. And I thought of how my thought process I've been working on is seeing things from an outer perspective, meaning like if I am having the moment like I shared with you earlier today, I could either let it keep eating me up, still saying negative things to myself, yeah. or I can stand back and let that process go through my mind that I'm having, share it out loud to somebody, to, because when you get it out, it helps to acknowledge what's happening. And then just let it kind of pass by without the emotion attached, if that makes sense. And I know that that can sound difficult to say, but from somebody who used to be a major emotional responder, Meaning like you hurt me and I'm trying to explain to you how you hurt me. It only gets received on the other end of, oh my God, she's overreacting and you're not heard. Right? So the big thing is, is that emotions are energy in motion. So we need to keep letting them flow. We can't push them back down. We can't act like something's not happening. Acknowledgement is power. And then getting creative after is a great way of feeding your inner child but I like the scaffolding because when we can stand outside of what we're trying to build for ourselves and take a really good look versus if you're inside, you can't really see what needs to be built. Right. But if you step out, you're like, oh, a window could be used right there. I could have a drain put over there. What, however, that looks to you. Mine is more like, you know, I want to be a positive influence to people. So if that negative self-talk um I have that, well, then how can I be a platform of positivity for people and expect them to believe me, right? So it's a matter of being honest with yourself and being okay with that honesty. And a lot of the times turning it into humor is a great way to do it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's been kind of healing for me. I keep looking at that note thing just to make sure I stay with it. No, I love it. No, totally. The one thing I've learned too about the art of scaffolding is habit stacking. Have you heard of that? Mm -mm. So the idea of doing one thing that you're already in the habit of and then stacking another habit on top of it. So it just helps you. So for instance, I used to, I haven't found a new one for this yet, but I used to, whenever I brush my teeth, do squats because I could like blend the two. Oh, it's perfect, but my bathroom's too small now. So No, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm so defeated, but I still do um, empty the dishwasher when my food is warming up. Because I'm standing by the microwave anyway. Why not put away three dishes? So. I'll do the dishes every day. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I do that same thing. So have it second. We can do that for our inner children too. Give them a little bit of attention and say, how am I feeling? Am I hearing inner critic right now? Things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then like, say, if you're hearing something particular, maybe match it up with something. Like, because what you want to do is you want to deprive the negativity Absolutely. by feeding it positivity. Or starving it entirely. Like, this doesn't Right. Right. Or understanding where the matter came from, because more than likely that thought pattern was something that was put on to you. Now, I'm not I don't like to do necessarily the blame game because I feel like ownership is key. But being aware, self-aware is very important because when we can become self-aware, we can then start deprogramming the programs that no longer work for us or will work for us moving forward. It's not to say that they didn't work for you. There was a time period where it kept your inner child safe. You needed that baggage or that shield. Like I was 300 pounds before, you know, I um, had habits that weren't the best for me. 
I had mental health um, things that I worked through and understood and educated myself on. And instead of being ashamed of any of it, I learned how I can transmute all that pain into power. Because the beautiful thing is, is that we experience all kinds of feelings, emotions, sadness to, I mean, beauty, a rainbow is going to mean nothing if you see it every day. But if you weather that storm, you're going to notice that rainbow and it's going to mean something. So do that for yourself. Value that for yourself. We're not saying that you have to go and like deal with all these traumas like head on if that's not what's going to work for you. But maybe just if anything kind of comes up, being having a more playful mind with it. But I like the habit stacking because there's people can is are always going to have habits, right? And you want to replace bad habits with good habits, however that looks for you. So I know that for me, in order to say eat less, well, now I have to fill up that time with other stuff that I may have used before to eat or if I, you know, had some drinks or something like that before. So I like that habit stacking because if you end up setting up goals that you don't do every day, you're going to get frustrated because you're not going to be able to obtain it. But if, say, I'm brushing my teeth and then meanwhile do the squats or jumping jacks, that's a freaking great idea. It was so fun. I'm going to record myself and I'm going to share it to her and be like, look, I'm doing it. But seriously, guys, like, let's get that started. Like, do a habit stack, take a picture, and then drop in the comments or, like, show it in a video. Now's the time to air your lives to people because people are looking for community and tribes that they can relate to that are like-minded, whether it's a certain passion that you're involved in um, or certain friendships or relationships. Like, your tribe, the people you're on, the top five people you're around are the people that you are inside pretty much. And if that's not looking the same, then be okay with taking a step back and reevaluating that through inner child type things that are nurturing. Yep. Children are incredibly honest. More than we ever want most times, but <laughs> they will tell you the truth about who you're hanging out with. Do you really like these people? Are they really good influences? I oh my God, that's a great idea. That's a, such a great idea to, if you don't know, ask your kids. But be aware of the truth. And it might be that they were great for you for a season and for a reason. But if you're trying to move forward now and say you want to be a Barbie model, random, I've got women all over this place. So I'm, it's going to be a women empowerment thing, right? Say that that's what you want to do. And you're like, I have no clue how to get there. Well, you, get, you already started the intention. Start doing your makeup here, dressing or, you know, sending your photos out. It doesn't matter. You don't need to have all the tools. You don't need to know everything to get started. Just get started and do it messy like we did. We were on separate cameras. Now we're on the same one. Yeah. We literally <laughs> failed at setting up separate cameras. And that's okay. It's okay. It's okay because it's in those fails or those messy stages that we're going to look back at and laugh at every single time. <laughs> There's not a time in your life that a shitty situation didn't happen, that you didn't find some, I mean, no matter what it was, some little glimmer of hope or positivity or happiness in it. And if you can take that and move forward, that's what it's for. We're meant to like take the lessons from what we experience to use them as tools to help educate people and our environment in which we want to cohabitate in, right? That's how you become a co-creator. However, that looks like for me, Mine, I enjoy doing makeup, but I like doing makeup intentionally for people. When I wear clothes, when I wear jewelry, I do it with intention because that's my way of feeding my inner child. Um, glitter, sparkles, I mean, playing around with kids, no matter what it is, even if you take a minute out of it, don't do something because it makes you money. Because a child isn't thinking about that when they're doing something. They're playing with Barbies or dinosaurs or aren't in having a whole conversation with only one voice coming out of their mouth. You know what I'm saying? And they're, they're having the life. There ain't nothing wrong with being able to do that. Can I still do that? You do that too, right? Hold I I talk about In my animals. I, I actually do a thing where I will talk as if I'm saying what my dog would be saying. Oh, that's so cute. All the time. All Aww. the time. Like, it's ridiculous, but it's okay, guys. It's okay to feed that inner child is what we were kind of getting at. Because what happens is you create blocks. Um, and and kind of how do you know if you're nurturing somebody else's inner child and not yours? Wow. That puts a little perspective on it. 
I usually see people trying to live up to someone else's expectations, not even nurturing their inner child. For me, how do I know I'm nurturing someone's inner child? They're crying. That's, you know, who in your life do you love that you haven't made cry? I mean, all of them, right? In all different kinds of ways. Right. Yeah. My brothers, my husbands, everybody, like anyone you listen to, you give them your attention. If you're holding their inner child, they'll cry. Mm-hmm. That's the empathy and the compassion. And having that for yourself, how often do you start crying and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Or the other person's like, oh, stop, you're going to make me cry. Oh, that's not it. It, yeah, that that's the that. unfortunate thing is is that you don't right. want that right no the best response is I don't yeah i'm here do it yeah. ugly cry you want, i listen i am such a i'm a pisces um <laughs> moon i'm a scorpio sun and i'm on aquarius at zero degrees rising okay people so i can't not be honest and truthful and emotional as hell if i'm gonna be if you cry I've gotten better to where I don't ball as much. I might cry too, but it's only out of love and compassion, empathy. Like, where did we get away from vulnerability? Why, where, what, what happened? What moment did it happen where vulnerability, whoa, get over there? Cause I, for me personally, that showed up for me once my mother passed. When I was seven, <clears throat> my mom died. My dad had a crack addiction. So he wasn't able to take care of me and my sister. So we grew up in, a household um that you know i'm not gonna point blame everybody we can say like they people could have done better this any other i get that but when people have generationally been raised the same way nurturing that inner child has become very very less and less and difficult because it's like do i even know what that looks like anymore you know because a lot of these generations like who raised me italian catholic they're a, there's some French in there. Um, so you had very like, you know, aggressive, you know, she, my aunt grew up with, you know, kind of aggressive parents. And then there was the Italian, but there was a lot of the no emotions. There was a lot of feed the entire house before yourself, cook, clean, like all this. But my aunt, she wanted to work full time. And I like her work ethic for that. But with that being said, where is the human in all of this? Because we're emotional beings. We're not meant to be robots. And society created robots in order to thrive for themselves. But are you thriving? You know, and that's what this channel's for, is to show you guys these truths and to share with you guys these truths so that way you can realize your own navigation system that's inside. And it gets cleared up when you're doing things like nurturing your inner child, when you're building habits. Because it becomes muscle memory after how long? 30 days or six weeks, six weeks. And you have a new habit. It's all built in. That ain't nothing. The six weeks ain't nothing. We can start that. You know, I mean, I'm doing 365 days without alcohol. So that's created plenty of space for me to mess up as many times as possible. on trying to get my podcast on multiple platforms. Yeah. Yeah. And I also (laughs) think like, Goals can be tricky because you can fail again and again, right? Mm-hmm. But wins are awesome, right? Every so W. Just keep winning. Yeah. Don't, even, don't even think about, I didn't hit my goal. I didn't meet my goal. That goal is like just another like anchor yeah. that's weighing you down. Don't let it weigh you down. Just celebrate the wins. Just win where you can. You get up and you win again. It's about the journey. Every single night, me and my husband, before we go to bed, we celebrate our Ws for the day. And we're so corny that I go like this and he goes like this <laughs> and to each other. And we're like, W. And we do it every <laughs> night before bed because usually like the day can kind of catch up with you. And noticing those W's, like I could say, I want to be on a big platform in front of millions of people trying to share things to help them navigate themselves. Cool. So does that mean that until I get to that point, there's no wins? You know what I mean? No. It means that paying attention to those little wins along the way is how you're able to celebrate when I get to that point. When I get to that point. Not the energy to keep up. Yes, it's the motivation. Because this time what's different than last week's podcast is I've got my guests where we can see both of us on here. That's I like this one. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a fan of it. It's a W for me. It is. It's a W for a waste. Eh? Just, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. W. Right. 
<laughs> corny little things. And people could say, oh my God, how, whatever. Okay, but why do we have to be so serious all the time? You know what I mean? That's the biggest part is like being so serious ages you so much faster. Being a kid, I mean, and obviously being a kid and still, you know, managing your, your day to day, of course, but really becoming more in the knowing guys that you don't have to have the flashiest things for you to be of value. I actually met with my, um, this going to get personal, but I met with my, um, money guy today. Um, you know, I was in a situation and I was sharing, he's like, what's different this year than last year? I was like, well, we took on a building, you know, a studio and stuff. Our finances are, you know, more hard up now. Like I'm sure on a huge level for everybody right now. But you know what I said to him that was different this year than last year? One, I wasn't crying. And two, I said, I know that everything is working out. I know that even though our financials look in a physical level, whatever, I have that knowing that it's all going to be okay. Just keep pushing on the creative because when you push in your creative minds and you're nurturing that inner child, you create headspace for guidance, for inspiration, for positive things to flow to you. So that way they can flow through you. And then you become a co-creator in your environment. Does that make sense? Or did that sound too? No, it, it does okay. make sense. Um, one thing I want to touch back on, I think it's a little bit of a false narrative to say that children aren't responsible. I think they love being responsible as okay. long as they know what to do. Right. They right. love like you've seen wash the dishes. I mean, they get themselves wet. Oh, they're, they're giving the dishes a bubble bath. It's amazing. When they're that young. Yes. Until they get yes. older. Well, I mean, when they get older, they lost the play aspect already. Now, right? Yeah. Like it's sure. Why does it feel like it's sure? Why did we put that on ourselves where we make this thing something we have to do? What? I remember telling my therapist one time, the horse isn't going to run unless I get the spurs. And she's like, isn't it? Don't horses love to run? I'm like, well, so I can run where I want it to go. And she's like, are you sure you need it to go where you think you need it to go then? Such good perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Because just simply yeah. asking kind of back into a question form really helps to have a lot of introspection because that's what happens a lot. We think that we have to figure it all out and it has to be perfect. And then that is the biggest way to create blocks yes. to come up. That sense of responsibility or obligation or whatever. Too many of us, like you were mentioning, what did you say your aunt? And she was work, 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 work. So responsible. Still is. And responsible for everybody else's feelings, everybody else's baggage, everybody else's. Oh, but emotionally, she can... they drop. We're supposed to pick it up, right? Right. And then we feel guilty if we don't. And that's what, what keeps us from developing a relationship with our new child or from letting ourselves play is all that guilt. Mm -hmm. All that guilt that's weighing us down. But the real truth is, those aren't our responsibilities at all. They say in recovery, sweep your side of the street. It's not my stuff. I'll sweep my side. You sweep yours. I used to sweep everybody else's street but mine. I know, right? Yeah. That's, that's what happens. Yeah. Recovery. Yeah. And I literally got to a point where I swept myself out of my own house in the homelessness. And then at the end of the day, though, I look back at it and I'm, I don't fault myself because of the intention. And the growth that has come from it. But I realized that taking what you grow up with doesn't necessarily fit you and is not going to fit you. So kind of really sitting with what resonates with you and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. I like the work aspect, but where there was a falling short of was emotional. Emotional being there for me was impossible with my upbringing. That just didn't happen. But what that did for somebody like me, being an empath, being somebody who spiritually connects, people might have different opinions, think I'm crazy. My father just last night thought I sounded nuts. I have seen people who have passed over. I have connected with the other side. And I feel that many people have the same gift, but it's a matter of kind of clearing the channels and also not subjecting yourself to judgment is the biggest thing because I realized that what our kind of like what made me powerful and unique and who I am was the exact thing that made people uncomfortable growing up. 
So I had to shut it back down. I had to quiet it down. There was more judgments. There was more restrictions that were almost placed on me in ways. There was, you know, do as I say, not as I do. So in growing up now with my kids, the first thing I want to do, give them flashy stuff. The next thing I wanted to do was make sure that they followed religion. The next thing that I wanted them to do originally, all of these things, that's not what I do now. That was just programming. And it's okay for me to realize that those tools don't work for me because if I can point out tools that don't work for me and create tools that do work for me in my surroundings, I am freeing that next generation up to do the same rather than how I grew up, which was you have to, have to, have to. I now base my stuff with my children of, I want to hear your perspective. I want to know where you're coming from. I am open to differing opinions, even with my kids. But at the end of the day, if there's something that I think that is going to be best, then that's going to be kind of the path that we go. When you're with your children, do you kind of see what kind of upbringing to how you parent now? Like, is there a difference? Uh, yeah. I mean, I had to fight my temper. My family, they were ragey, ragey, angry. And I'm an Aries. I get ragey, too. Absolutely. I can light right up. And that's not fair to kids. Right. Not at all. So it was a process like my, well, my oldest is 21 now. So um, when he was little, he was two, I would have to come back to him and say, I'm really sorry. I'm wrong. This is my temper and I'm bad. And it was his creative idea to get me an angry box. I kid you not. It was an empty cardboard box. He said, mama, I don't care that you get mad. I care that I get scared. So if you get in the box and you yell, I'll know that I'm safe. But you stay in your box and then you can yell. I'm not kidding you. He's so creative. Oh my God. I love everything. It's bringing a little bit of tears from my face. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. But kids will always teach you they, that. They will. They will find a solution. They'll work with you and help you find a solution to your own flaws and failings. And that's the thing is you have to be honest about your own flaws and failings and say, like, I'm failing you here and I don't know what to do. And he was like, well, I got you. <laughs> I'm so happy that and proud that you brought that up though. I really <laughs> genuinely am because I can like relate in different ways where I have scared and I would come back and I'd apologize because there was like, and I think that that aggression also came from the need of wanting to be heard and respected and looking at it as I'm here for you. I'm giving you guys everything you guys need. I'm doing this and doing that, but you can't do that. And it's like, wait a minute. That's the biggest thing that I had to learn as a parent. If my kids move out and they decide to never talk to me again, I can't tell them that they owe me something. You know what I mean? Because they don't. But I can say that through being honest, there are times that I almost wish I didn't because I didn't want to get used to me, but never to my kids, though, because like she shared, my youngest one, uh, which helped me a lot when I was at my heaviest, he goes, Mom, why do you let the word fat bother you? It's just a word. And I'm like, I just say with that. I was like, because people are, you know, they're saying that I'm over. Mom, just a word. You're making it into something more than what it is. And then my oldest son being the Taurus that he is, and my youngest, he's a cancer. My oldest one says, what does it matter about what other people think of you? Dress up and do you for you. Who cares what other people think? But for some reason, when you're hearing children say that to you, you're not thinking that they have an agenda, right? You're not thinking that they're judging you or lying to you, right? Because those are things that are not in their programming to be able to do. And it changed my life. Those two instances, and that's minimal compared to many others, but it changed my life to where when she said the yelling in the box thing, mine is, if I'm not in the same room as you and I'm getting loud now, know that I'm just aftermath venting. Yeah. And that's what we do now because we used to do the, what did you just say? <laughs> like, yeah, come six rooms down. I heard that shit and thought we were done. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, it, and my husband also shared that too. I need a cool down moment to bitch without being bitched at. So it's okay with all of these things. Like we're sharing real life with you guys. And the goal is, is that as this podcast builds, that people can kind of come in from wherever you're at in the world and join the conversation just like this. Um, join the comment um, section, find like-minded tribe people, you know, that you can just kind of shoot the shit with or be raw with or honest with. Like, that's what I want this platform to be about is not like, oh, my God, life is great. And that's all it has. It's like I can sit here and say my life is great. 
have a negative bank account and be living out of a shoebox and still feel that way and believe it to be true because I know. I know that I am feeding that inner child every day when I wake up and I'm getting excited to make advertisements for you guys or anything. You know, it just really gets me pumped and motivated. Having this platform and women that want to come on here and be able to share their what they've experienced and what tools they use and resources, like that is power. That's what matters, not the things that are control aspects outside of you, which is think this way, feel this way, be this way, look this way. That world doesn't work, guys, and it's not working. If it works for you, more power. I'm not telling you how to live your life. Um, we're just here as a choice. Pretty much. You have the choice to kind of hear the podcast, take what resonates, put it into your life or not. You know, we're not going to force it either way, but we are going to continue to be here and share this stuff. So that way you can empower yourself and feed your inner child. And know that there's two more people in the world that won't judge you if you have something to spill. Because I'll make sure to share something even more ridiculous about help. <laughs> Honestly, I'm okay with <laughs> Honest to God, there's, there's always a story. And I heard that my whole life. There's always somebody that has it worse than you do. But it doesn't mean that what you've experienced isn't relevant. And you have a safe platform to be able to share that without judgment. You know, and that's the importance of it. If your life is having blocks, if you're feeling like you're looking around at people and they're no longer resonating with where you want to go, or you simply turn to people and share your next adventure and they're not gun ho supportive and on like wanting to help you along the way, however that looks, then it's okay to take a step back. Even if it's for a minute, don't just say, fuck y'all, I'm out. I mean, if you want to. But don't feel like you're obligated to stay in a life because you're 10 to 40 to 50 to 70. At any time, you can start your life again. Or for the first time is a big one. Because I have beautiful women and images all over this room of moments that they decided to step into their power. In moments that they decided to take their life back. In moments that they decided that the vision that they had in here didn't look like that around them. And how could I be different? Because if I was to continue living the life that I was programmed to live, I would not be sitting here right now speaking with you guys, because I would be living a depiction of a life that was told to me to live. Do you do mortality exercises? I love them. What? Well, when you were doing that right there, I was like, what is she signaling? Oh, to no, this? this is just doodling. Yeah, but doodling, like do doodling is a very big way of connecting. It is. It, it keeps you grounded. It gives you something that I don't know. And sometimes you maybe you're trying to tell yourself something, mm -hmm. you know, I know I caught it. and I was like looking at her doodle. I was like, I see her doodling right there. She no, the, the mortality exercise that works best for me is um, when I lay down to sleep to tell myself tomorrow's your last day. You don't have any other days. Tomorrow's your last. What are you going to do tomorrow? I've done that a couple of times with I'm going to bed right now, and you yeah. may not be getting up tomorrow. So that up. one makes me stay up later. Oh, does it? <laughs> yeah. If I say you won't wake up tomorrow, I'll be like, oh, crap, I should do things now then. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a valuable point. See me? I'm morbid like yeah, that. I'm yeah. But if I say I'm going to wake up tomorrow, I'm going to have a full day, and I'm at least going to have these 24 hours guaranteed. That helps me like just organize my thoughts what do I know what's really important tomorrow what am I really going to do tomorrow? yeah where, what's worth the value is it worth putting all of that energy into those program thoughts never is it really <laughs> worth putting that much energy into everybody else's bullshit but it's a good way to reflect um journaling is a great option too first thing in the morning three pages I'm very big on this um through the artist way teachings which is a lot of what we're sharing too is artist way teachings and it's helping people to kind of like clear the, the mental fog, the mental jargon, as you will, that comes up in your mind. We think thousands and thousands of thoughts a day and you'll repeat them every day, according to Joe Dispenza, until you actively consciously make a point to when those thoughts come up, actively replacing them. So if you have something that in your head says you're ugly, every time that you're ugly comes up, you're beautiful. 
I change them into affirmations because in doing the affirmations, it's muscle memory, the six weeks thing. You start to really create it into a habit. But by getting all that garbage out onto the paper or doodling or through creative practices, you create your headspace rather than the program headspace because the mental mind was there for protection, to pay attention to patterns, not for the emotional stuff, right? The emotional stuff. So we've got the ego and then we've got our intuition. We've got the masculine energy and we've got the feminine energy, right? So when we're in too much of one, we've got to kind of step back. Meaning if you're too being too logical, too work oriented, non-emotional, um, start seeing aggression, aggression, stuff like that coming up. That means you're living way too in the masculine energy, right? And then if you're into the feminine energy, you could be a lot like this old girl and you could be super emotional all the time. Um, you could be uh, negative self-talk, uh, worn down, feeling negative. Like it, it just, it could be too much. But having the balance of both is a great way of having your voice be heard about the emotions that you want to express. That was a head to mouth right there that I just said. And I liked how I said that. And yeah, yeah, that was a total head to mouth. A lot of the stuff comes head to mouth. So repeating it's hard for me because that's how I get my downloads. But I liked how that kind of came out because it kind of ranged true about being able to create that space, that you space, that that you path that you're trying to make inevitably. And with the the living the next day, I kind of like that too, because if you write like a little checklist stuff, it's fun kind of hitting them checks, like when you accomplish it. And it could be little things. It could be as simple as I'm going to draw a picture. You know, if you're even putting down a few inner child things for the next day, but just really calibrating, recalibrating yourself to how much of this life am I living for me and how much am I living for everybody else? Inevitably. My therapist said too one time, if you're like, if you're like me anyway, where you don't want to take affirmations because it feels like pandering, you know, like okay. take those negative thoughts and then just feel like, oh, you're so beautiful. It, to me, it doesn't work because it, it does. It feels like pandering. And she's like, you know, like the goal is not um, to re-brainwash yourself, re-brainwash yourself to the positive. Because now we hear toxic positivity too, right? That's a thing also. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the goal is unconditional positive regard. Unconditional positive regard. You don't have to judge you. I like that. So rather than the face is ugly or my face is beautiful, just this is the window I was given to interact with the world. I like the wording. Yes. And the wording does definitely matter for sure. Like for me, everybody's different. Yes. Yeah. It works definitely for everybody. Like for me, the ugly was more so like shame. So when I was at a place of where I was saying ugly, it was more like the upbringing of you should be shamed for being the way that you are or whatever. Right. So for me, what was big was, is replaying that into a different scenario because I actually genuinely myself believe different. So if you're going to change, you know, the negatives into positives, make sure that you've also kind of worked through, like understand what, where that negative came from, because I think in being able to break it down, it becomes more honest um, when you are saying those things. So I like that she added that in because it's true. If you're not fully kind of understanding or grasping then you're kind of just could be lying to yourself in in a way. And I, and I don't want that to kind of come across that way, but I do like the concept of being able to understand a lot of things. Cause a lot of the things that we have on repeat or that we're thinking in our mind really was never ours to begin with. So the more that we can become mindful and, you know, self-aware, the better. And it, this podcast is really to help you become as self-aware as possible because that's where your strength's going to be in seeing who you are and what that looks like, what that feels like, you know, all around. And there's going to be things that are going to be passion projects that aren't going to become anything more than that. You know, you can't do everything and anything, but you can have still have fun doing them on the side just to feed that inner the inner child, I guarantee you, if you guys tried it, say you wanted an answer to something and you can't seem to find the answer that you're looking for, take a minute, ask it out, write it down, 
I mean this. And I know for a fact it works. And then release control and just tell the universe that within 24 hours, I would like to know the answer back. And if you need to be a little bit more detailed, you can say it like, I'd like to have it returned to me verbally, meaning that you leave it open to where something can pop up on the TV, a person can walk by or music can play and it can be in there or have it pop up in a visual. Um, so like, say, if you're wanting a particular car, like there, there's different ways that work will work for you. Do that, but try different things out and see what does work for you because you will get the answers that you're seeking, but not forced. You have to be able to release the control and the inner child helps you to release that control because as you're doodling or as you're writing, you know, you're clearing space, you're clearing headspace. So what are kind of things that you kind of connect with your intuition? Like, are there any kind of things that you do? Um, have you heard of dialectical behavioral therapy? I love all these words that she's saying to me right now. Sure. If she explains it, I might have, I might know what it means. <laughs> it's the idea that uh, sensations will ground you. So let's say you're freaking out. If you get a bag of coffee and just inhale the scent of coffee, you can reground yourself. Not ground coffee, oh, get it. Walking. Yeah. Uh, or or walking outside on your bare feet or something or or being really cold, like a freezing ice cold shower or something but it, like anything that gets your senses engaged so all five senses right go outside and look at the trees i used to take all my babies I outside and like seriously they would just stare and mm -hmm. i used to say blue sky green leaves there's nothing more healing than blue sky and green leaves I mean, we don't always get it i can feel the grass on my feet right now yeah Oh my God. Yes. Senses. Your senses are there for a reason. They're there to connect you to you. That's it. And if they're overly heightened because they're in, say, fear state or survival state. Absolutely. You've got a cortisol dump. You can't even feel your senses. You're feeling your heart race instead. And your blood's like pulled in and you can't connect. You need to stop. You need to breathe. Just breathe. And get your attention aligned back to that little piece inside of you that Cause the truth. Always, always. Kids always. are never wrong. They know. Mm -hmm. They have magic still. They're connected to some sort of crazy universe magic. That we are all actually connected to, but... If we give ourselves permission. Yes. And that's what we're trying to do, guys, is give... We, you don't need the permission from us, but we're trying to share <laughs> with you yeah. that you could give yourself that permission. Because she's so right. Because grounding is huge. If I'm getting bitchy or short-tempered, I know damn well I need to go outside. And they say at least 10, if you did 10 minutes a day in grounding, hugging a tree, feet on the ground, the, the goal is, is to have bare touching somewhere, you know, but if you can't and you go say for a walk or something, it, it's still just as good, but it makes a difference because this is going to sound so hippie, but it's the truth guys. Just try it. It doesn't hurt anything. If you go out in nature and you go barefoot and you go hug a tree, I know it sounds silly. I do it all the time. But there is no better feeling you can get if I'm getting angry or whatever, it is within seconds that I just and I breathe it out. And if you really feel into it, guys, you'll feel the energy. I mean, the trees are alive, right? They're plants. The ground is alive, right? You can actually feel the energy moving through you. You can feel the swaying of that tree ever so lightly moving against you. And it is so so uplifting and so empowering because I know that like people could say, well, if I'm frantic and I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out because there's a reason to be frantic. Okay. But does any solution ever come from that? No more chaos does. So if you're spiraling and you're freaking out in that moment, step out of it, step back and look at it and be like, okay, what is she missing right now? What do I need to feed her with? And, and I'll be clear too, PTSD is real. There were moments and times where I was smashing my head on cold tile and I, I could draw blood and it wouldn't have mattered. Mm -hmm. I, I was not okay and it was going to be okay by going outside or hugging a tree. I'm absolutely not saying that. There are some days and times where you're past the point of no return and you need a little help to bring you mm -hmm. back. So we get that. We've been there. It's not right. These are more on lighter aspects. You know what I mean? Because when we're maintenance. Yeah, maintenance. Yes. maintenance, not trauma. Trauma right. is different. Trauma if we're going to talk about trauma, which this might actually be good because we got about 15 minutes left. 
And touching base on trauma is a good idea because she is right. Because had you told me when I was going through my PTSD, not even realizing. Oh, my God, murder. Oh, my God, yeah. I being diagnosed with it and stuff. I'm like, you're not going to fucking tell me a goddamn thing different. In all honesty, that's where I was at. I had a cutting disorder. Um, I had a lot of aggressive that would spurt up. Like we talked about with kids earlier. It was like, once I had kids, I started being faced more with my shit that it almost made me like confused. Like, I, how can I even be a mama? I'm terrible at this. I'm a bad mom, blah, blah. And I think that this might be something that more moms than not can relate to that. Once we have kids, it's like, we start getting hit with our childhoods and what didn't speak or resonate or feel right for us. And when we try to do to our kids, you know, kind of the teachings that were to us or whatever, like on the not the really hard stuff. I'm just saying like the um, do as I say or get the chores done or this that, and the other stuff like that is what I'm meaning. And it doesn't resonate right. And then I'm fighting or I feel myself getting angered with my kids when they were younger. That was really telling for me because I always said I would never talk to my kids like that. I would never do this. So when I started doing those exact things that my morals or what felt different to me was happening that's where it's time to kind of take a self-evaluation check to see what kind of level of maintenance you're needing at the time. Is it a mentor? Is it therapy? Is it um, a retreat? Is it uh, intake somewhere for a little bit, which is okay, guys. It is completely okay. They have healing places all over specifically for trauma where you can go to like Arizona and connect with like animals, different people. But at the end of the day, your story deserves to get heard. And if you're dealing with PTSD, the, find, there's community out there. There really, really is community out there. And just taking a step at a time with it, voicing it to people who might want to help you in taking that step. Because PTSD, I don't want people to not live their lives because of the pain that they endure and feeling like life happened to them. And some pain is crippling. Some pain is absolutely too much to bear and you need support. And through that support, what you can hopefully gain from it is the victory of being able to help others with it. Because I I believe, and I'll never push this on to other people, is that what we go through, we grow through. No matter what it is. That's my own personal. I don't, you know, everybody's stories are stories. Um and they are very crippling. But for me and on my path here on this earth, it's a matter of transmuting no matter what kind of pain you've endured into the power. Because what happened to you was not because there was something wrong with you. It was a depiction of the the happenstance. You know what I mean? And it and it as terrible as it is, I will always send love, hugs, and support around that because you should always be supported and loved for that. But what I really, really want to try to do is help you see the beautiful life that you, you're you still capable of being able to have and putting that energy into that. Because I know for me, I gave a lot of my years to the people who really impacted my life in treacherous ways, who created the PTSD to begin with. And for my second half of this beautiful journey, I swore and promised to myself that I would no longer do that only because every time that I give that to them, they're getting my happiness, which is keeping me blocked from the happiness that I feel like I always deserve. And you do deserve it. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. You know what I mean? Is that that's what I really want. I don't want people to be crippled forever from things because you're worthy of the beautiful life that you have always seen in here, even if outside of you look different. I think that, you know, Zach and I have chosen in our marriage to believe that it's supposed to be the woman. And I believe that. That because it's your soul, um, it's not like I got my leg cut off, now I have to live without a leg. I think we can grow our legs back. If it's our soul, I think we can. Do we sponsor again? I'm just choosing to believe that. And I also believe the shame thing, right? It's It's a message that you are wrong. You are bad. Mm -hmm. Not the thing that you did. 
guilt is fine. Everybody needs a little guilt sometimes, but shame means that you are bad. And when you really break apart that message, those toxic people in your life told you you're bad because you were a problem to them. You were their obstacle. Yes. Obstacle. I love that. We don't have to own that. We don't have to own that. It was well, I need your way now. Right. If I'm, <laughs> I'm an obstacle not, for you, learn learn it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I mean, we, you guys are not going to jump over the obstacle. It's not a me. I was like five. What? I'm not your problem. That's right. And that's how I feel because I get nervous. I would get nervous about like, well, what if people heard stuff and this, any other, if I shared stuff and this, any other, and it's like, you're still giving them that energy. And I forgave everything that happened to me for myself. It wasn't for them. It was to clear up my life moving forward. Exactly. And I wish for them to not have those anchors because in all honesty, the pain that you can inflict on another, how, how happy could you possibly be? You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, hurt people hurt people, but we don't have to continue that cycle. And that's where it comes down to at the end of the day, we have choices. And I mean this in any situation that you're in, you have choices. Meaning that if say you're a child and you're going through something, that's different when you're younger. But as you get older, you start to be able to get that back. My purpose, even with children, that we've now opened up that platform for them to also be more boisterous and feel safe to do so. Yeah. Um, because the only way we're going to be able to do that, guys, is if we feel like it's safe to do so. In all honesty, because if we're honest and we're forthcoming, then our children, no matter what they go through, we have a higher likely chance that they'll feel safe enough to come to us. So if not, if you feel like not for yourself, do it for your kids and create that space for them to be able to evolve. Because I know that as you do, you'll still do it for yourself. It'll still work out for you. It'll still benefit you somehow. But thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you for coming on and the things that you have shared. I've loved every bit of it. I'm looking to grow this platform out and eventually have a roundtable discussion with multiple people. Um, so keep watching for that, guys. Um, I hope that you guys really take from this whatever resonates, whatever doesn't, it's okay. But that you just give yourself another day, another chance, and another life to be yours and not another. You know, that's it. But um, for now, have a great night, everybody. Thank you for joining. And I will see you next Wednesday where we will come back for another live episode, makeup demo. And I will be having Brie come in, who is a boudoir photographer. And she will be sharing with you some of her empowerment journey. And I will also end up explaining what next week's will be about when I put up the ads. I don't want to tell you guys yet because I want to surprise you because I'm kind of excited about it. It's going to be good. But yes, thank you guys for joining. Did you have anything you want to end with them? No, everyone has a beautiful soul. Live it. Live it. It's going to be great. Love you guys. Peace. Bye.